I just want to follow in behind what Tony said when he was, bless his heart, trying to do the transition. Did a great, great job. Um, <clears throat> but feels like that there's something holy here, and uh, it, it there is. And I, it reminded me of the story that I, I've, I've said this several times, but it always, there's always a great point. Uh, friends of ours were, um, her father had passed away uh, <clears throat> earlier in the year, not this year, but a few years ago. And uh, she's really close to her father. And um, she had a dream about her dad some months later. And in the dream, her father called her. And uh, so she picks up the phone and it's her father. And so she realizes in the dream, my dad has already passed on. And yet in the dream, he's calling me. You know, he's got kind of caught between two worlds there. And so she was so happy because she missed him so much that she was able to talk to him. So she was talking to him and she asked him the question, uh, how are you doing? And he skirted around it and that bothered her because she thought, are you okay? Are you, are you where I think you are? And so she, she was bothered in the dream, because, but she didn't want to interrupt him because the experience was so wonderful. She was talking to her father. The experience was so wonderful, she didn't want to stop that. But then the conversation happened where there was a break point, and she asked him, Dad, uh, I, I ask you, how, how are you doing? Are you okay? I think that's what it was. Are you okay? And he said, yeah, uh, I heard you the first time. And uh, so she was like, what does that mean? And he said, well, it's, he said, it's, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to answer that because where I am, there are no self-referential terms. Amen. So well, why is that? Because the one that we've been singing about is taking up all the attention of the people who are there. Fixated on him. There's no time to look at me. That's what we're experiencing. We are so used to the gospel being about us. I, um, found myself doing worship, crying when we sang that song by Corey Asbury, that you would have first place and preeminence in everything. And I found myself going, oh dear God, would you please forgive us? As a church where we have made it about us, oh, dear God, would you please forgive us? As a leader, <sighs> I had said, I had told this 
service last week that uh, a friend of ours came to us um, a few weeks ago and said, hey, uh, I wanted to let you know what I saw today in worship. I saw um, angels with new wineskins, and they were waiting to hand those out. And he felt like that it pertained to church, and I'm not sure exactly. I'm not going to delve into the details of it, but you'll get the juxt of it. But <clears throat> the takeaway was, was they were waiting for us to exchange our wineskins so that we could have new wineskins. And I believe that somehow that that picture relates to what the Lord is wanting to do, not just here, but all across the earth, to change the wineskin of what church looks like. I'm not saying we've done anything wrong. I'm not saying we're doing anything wrong. It's not about right or wrong. It's about more of him. And so... So, you know, when I first heard that, I, I agreed with him, saying, yeah, that's a right-on word, and then I was kindly reminded by the Lord, yeah, you say that until it affects you, Jeff. We're all for things that, you know, that don't affect us, but it's when the things start to affect us that we kind of go, hey, and so I don't know what that means. <clears throat> I don't know if it means times. I don't know. I don't know what it means. It's just that I'm, I'm throwing that out there again because I believe it's a word from the Lord, and I think the Lord is prophetically speaking to us. And so I'm re-sowing, recasting this possibility of what's what if He wants to come the way that we're not looking for Him? Are we okay with that? I'm not saying that He's not coming according to Scripture or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But there's a, there's a formality that we are comfortable with, or there's just a comfortableness that we're comfortable with, and what if he wants to show up in a way that I'm not comfortable? So. I'm not, I'm not pausing for, for effect. At all. <clears throat> I have a few things to talk about. I'm trying to hear the Holy Spirit in this. I, I can tell you, I want to talk to you about this that we've been looking at I'm trying to get back to here it's Psalms 89 14 it talks about that the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice I want to talk about that but I want to I want to address something <clears throat> that's bothered me, not uh, about a, an, a 
takeaway that's happening in the church that bothers me, and, and I feel it, 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 it affects me, <clears throat> and this, it's this misunderstanding of grace. This is not going to be my, my main point, but I, I want to lay it out there because somehow in the monstrosity of the size of grace that's been poured out on us, I feel like that the enemy has come in and tricked the church to thinking that grace looks like this. Because of the size of grace, I can do whatever I want. He'll forgive me. It's truth. There's truth in that. But it's not the whole truth. And so... I'm sitting here looking at my notes, and I I have that point right beside, in parentheses, the point about the wineskin. I wonder if the wineskin, there's going to be a measure, a component of holiness that's poured out in this next wineskin. And you say, Jeff, what is holiness and, and... we, we came out of a holiness church, and I believe that holiness looks like this. It's being a part of the world, but not being bound by it. Being a part in the world, but not succumbing to the same chains of the world. And I'm, I'm kindly pointing to sometimes the church looks too much like it's blended too much. You can't tell who's who. And um, But it's good. It's all good because we're, we're getting delivered. I'm getting delivered. I'm getting delivered from my muddy waters, muddy understanding. I'm getting delivered. We're getting delivered. So, all right. So I realize I've got 13 minutes to preach a 45-minute message. So I'm going to talk in shorthand. Some people are going... I mean like this. I, um, <clears throat> you know what? If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 8. We've been talking about <sighs> we've been talking about the atonement. If you heard my sigh, my sigh, that sigh right there was a reluctance to say the word atonement. The reason that was a reluctance to say the word atonement is because for, for many of us that grew up in the church, we're familiar with that word. 
And the thing about it is, is we are so clever that once we hear repeat on something, we have a tendency to discard. That makes sense? So, and yet we've got this invitation from the Lord who kind of gave us a prophetic verse at the beginning of the year. Oh, your, your, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. And that's Matthew twenty two twenty nine, And so he kind of gave that to us. And what we've been following is his invitation into more of the scriptures and more an, an understanding of the power of God and how the two are related. And they're, they're not separated. There's no dichotomy. They go together. The wineskin of the church has been either or. It's the wineskin of power or it's a wineskin of the word. And the Lord has said, no, 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 no. These, were, these are just two halves. They're meant to go together. So, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, there's this, we've also been looking at this other verse in um, Exodus 25, 22, I'll show this one, where God told Moses, I, I, I am going to meet you here. I'm going to meet with you here in this little 45-inch by 27-inch piece of real estate that was actually called the atonement cover. I'll meet you there, which is profound. That's profound, guys. That's profound. He created the earth. He created Jupiter. He created Mars. He created all the galaxies. He owns everything, and yet he's going to say, I'll meet with you here at this one little spot. Are you, why? Why? Why, why, would you, why? Why are you picking this spot and not that spot? Why here and not there? It's a place of the atonement. It's a place something happens at this place that allows him to forego the righteousness and justice side of his throne and step through, finagle through and reach out to us and touch us. Something happens because according to this, Psalms 89, 14, according to his throne, the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. Righteousness is the upholding of his kingdom. Justice is the administration of the reward and the punishment of his kingdom. Where he sat, as he looks at man, because of the fall of man, man was due justice. As a matter of fact, I dare say that the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, stands before God and accuses you to him based on this right here. Night and day. It says night and day. He accuses the brethren night and day according to what they've done and what they haven't done. He is in God's ear going, have you seen what Jeff's done? Have you seen the way he did this? Have you seen this? According, according to your government, justice needs to be administered. And he's right. The fact that God found a 45-inch by 27-inch piece of, of ground, property, whatever, and it says, I can meet with you here. 
I can meet with you at the place of the atonement. I can meet with you at the place of the bloodshed. I can meet with you at the place of the exchange. I can meet with you here because I am bound by this. My government, the government of the kingdom of God sits on that. And if he violates part of his government, the entire kingdom would topple. He has to uphold it. It's what keeps everything in place. I will meet with you there. From there, I will talk to you. From there, I will give you my instructions. From the place of the exchange, the place of the bloodshed, the place where somebody, something took the guilt that was due me. I can meet with you there. I can't meet with you apart from the place where the blood was shed. I can't. Then he says in Leviticus, I, I know where I'm going. I still said Matthew. I'm, hold on with me. I got I to gotta say this. Then he says, for the life of the body is in this blood. What's he referring to? He's referring to this little, whatever's going to be sacrificed here. The life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. This is good news. Let me tell you why. Because it's not up to me having a good day. Me having a good day is not what makes me right with the Lord. Me following all of the rules does not make me right with the Lord. It's my acceptance, my belief in the fact that it's the blood that's been given on the altar that makes me right with God. It's amazing. This is good news. So, Matthew 8, verses 16. Do you guys have your Bible? I mean, I can skip through some other verses here to show it. Matthew 8, chapter 16. Nope, chapter 8, verse 16. It says, when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. <sighs> Don't look. I'm just kidding. You can look. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons, and he drove out the spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick. So what's happening here is there's a healing service that's going on. Word has gotten out that everyone who comes to him will be healed. And so they came out by the droves. They went looking for people, people that they didn't know what was wrong with them. And all of a sudden, people are being delivered, people are being healed. And so it's an amazing time. <clears throat> and then the next verse, verse 17 says this. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. If we're not careful, we can gloss right over this. We can, we can read and miss what's happening. On the one hand, it's a huge healing service that's happening until you get to this verse. And this verse looks like... That, that Matthew's talking about two totally different things. He's talking about the amazing miracles that were happening because the Son of God was on the earth. 
And he's talking about a fulfillment of prophecy, that Jesus was actually fulfilling something that was actually spoken by the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years earlier. And so it looks like that there are two things, two different things that he's pointing to, but he's pointing to the same thing. And this is what I want us to see. So when we first read this, when I first read this, I can gloss right over and read verse 16 and see that everyone in the town, all the people, there's, there's been many, many, many sermons focused on the one word, all, and I totally agree with it. Everyone that came was being healed. And so we walk away going, that's amazing. Jesus wants to heal everybody, and he does. The other thing that, that I'm wanting to point to was that he was doing this as a fulfillment of what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities. Now that looks something different. So hold on. So on the one hand, you've got the son of God, sovereign, divine, absolute God, Jesus, absolute God. And he's, he's healing he, he, he's, he's breaking curses. He's doing all the stuff that we love, right? According to the righteousness and justice side, if justice has to be administered, how is he able to do this? Because the people are not getting what they deserve. Well, Jeff, he's the son of God. Okay, you're right. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. But Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness, right? He came to fulfill all righteousness. So that means he has to abide by the law of the land, this, this, this government. He has to abide by it. That means he can't just come in and start healing. Some, let me back up. So you've got the son of God. He's also the son of man. Okay. According to this throne. Righteousness and justice. Justice has to be administered because man sinned. You with me on that? Man sinned. Therefore, justice has to be administered to man. Jesus came as a man, the son of man to restore what was lost. How did he do that? He presented himself as the sacrifice for man's atonement. This says that he took our weaknesses and infirmities and carried our diseases. That means when he was at this house praying for people to be healed, on the one side, as a son of God, he was healing them. On the other side, as a son of man, he was taking it. I'll take the blindness. I'll take the deafness. I'll take the lameness. I'll take the cancer. I'll take the tumors. I'll take the birth defect. That's what that means. 
took away our diseases. So yes, on the one hand, sovereign God was casting out. On the other hand, son of man, who's going to be our substitute, is stepping in, going, I'll pay for that. 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 That one's mine. I'll pay for that. I'll pay for that. Let me read you this. In Leviticus 16, here's a word picture of what I'm talking about in the Old Testament. Leviticus 16 says, When Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place, he must present the live goat. This is a scapegoat. This is, we're going to see the, the connection here in a minute. He will lay both hands, both of his hands on the goat's head, confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. So he takes this goat, he lays his hands on it, and he confesses everything over this goat. In this way, he will transfer the people's sin to the head of the goat. Then a man will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes, it will carry all the people's sin upon it into a desolate land. That's what Jesus was doing with our diseases. So look at this. In Isaiah 53, says this. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. I'll take this, 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 I'll take this. High blood pressure, diabetes, I'll take this, I'll take this. Lupus, I'll take this. He has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Here's the exchange. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. The exchange. What he took for us, look at this. Your sicknesses, my sicknesses, he took. He took our pains, our transgressions, our iniquities, the punishment for our peace and our healing. He took. All is for your glory so that in all things you may have first place. In all things you may have preeminence. Oh, where I am, there are no self-referential terms. Can you give me five minutes? Maybe seven. I'm a negotiator. I, I'm going to skip through a couple of slides. By the way, some of you had asked for the slides from last week where we did the inner man and the outer man. If you go on the website and go back to last Sunday's message, there's a tab on there where you can download those. <clears throat> I um, oh, can't skip through. Can I just, uh, let me just go through it. There's two slides. This is important. I want to drive this one home. According to the Lord's Supper, which we take every month here, take every month, the wine 
is taken for the remembrance of his death for our souls. The bread is actually taken in remembrance for the death for our bodies. Paul was addressing a disparity in 1 Corinthians 11. He was saying, I'll read it to you. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, we've, if you've been brought up in the church, that one was stressed. And where I came from, the stress was you better be without sin when you take this. Otherwise, all it's going to break out. Says, but a man, yeah, but a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. What does that mean? Well, I can accept the fact that my sins are forgiven by the shedding of your blood. I'm more reluctant to accept the healing of my body because of the bruises to your body. People, this is the whole message. This is the whole message. And then Paul goes on to say, for this reason, many among you, verse 30, are weak and sick and some have even died. Why? Because they've missed They've missed what's being offered. It's the power of God. The power of God is being revealed. Isaiah says, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He talks about the arm of the Lord. He's talking about the strength of the Lord. The strength of the Lord is being revealed in the death of the body of Jesus. commanded to baptize. We're commanded to anoint. The sinner is to repent before believing the gospel. James says, confess your sins so that you may be healed. You're bought with, your spirit is bought with a price. Your body is bought with a price. The promise for our soul is everyone who believes shall be saved. The promise for our body is everyone who believes shall, have, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yes. The ordinance for water baptism, he that believes and is baptized will be saved. The ordinance for anointing with oil, he that believes and is anointed shall be healed. This is what I wanted to focus in on today. To talk about the ordinance of anointing with oil. What does that mean? Where did this come from? Why, who came up with this? In Leviticus 8, I'm, I'm hurrying. In Leviticus 8, it talks about, we see the first time that anointing oil is brought into, the, in, brought into play. 
Moses actually anoints, pours it on the holy tent. This is the place where God had told him, waited six days. On the seventh day, he spoke to him, hey, I want this tabernacle to look just like this. So many feet this way, so many feet this way, this how high. Here's the, here's the, the materials, here's the layout, here's the dimensions. And so he's got all of that done before he even begins, before he even begins to, to, to worship the Lord. The first thing he does is, is he anoints it with oil. And it says that he anointed the holy, the, the holy place with oil. He also poured it on everything that was in it. That's how he set those things apart. He set these things apart. These are unlike, the the utensils in the temple are unlike the utensils in your home, is what he's saying. The utensils, the place in in this temple is different than the place in your home. The people who who minister inside of this temple are different from the ones that that they're set apart. They're holy. They're consecrated to the Lord. They're set aside. They're dedicated to God. Could it be that when we are anointed with oil, when our body, when we're coming to to be anointed with oil, could it be that God looks at us the same way that he looks at the anointing of the temple? It's a sign of consecration. It's a sign of dedication. It's a sign of being separate. It's a sign of being separated. It's a special, it's a special. It's only for this purpose. It's holy. I do that. Look, because the word holy has been so misrepresented. But it's holiness is what I said. Holiness, to have a people who are holy unto the Lord is to have a people who are in the world and they're not bound by the world. They're not bound by the same things that the other people in the world are bound by. That's what holiness means. Not to be separate and not to be elitist and not say, don't touch me, you're going to make me unclean. It's not that at all. No, we walk according to a different premise. There is a different uh, supernatural power that is, uh, that is guiding us. We have authority over the things that you're bound by, world. We have authority over that. I was going to read this, but it's so long. Get your cameras out. But here's a take on the anointing with oil. The anointing with oil is a symbol of consecration and dedication on the part of the one being anointed, that they are in full surrender of their hands to work for him and him alone, of his feet to walk for him and him alone, his eyes to see, his lips to speak, his ears to hear for him and him alone, and his whole body to be the temple of the Holy Spirit." That's what anointing with oil means. That's the place of the anointed, the posture that we take. I am being anointed because my life's purpose is to be separated unto you. Right now, this thing is keeping me, this physical 
issue is keeping me from accomplishing that. God, I am saying, being anointed by you, I'm ready to fulfill my destiny with you. I am slowly pointing to holiness. I'm slowly pointing to that. I'm slowly pointing to that. This is where the Spirit of God is actually, he's got to breathe on to have a holy people before the Lord. The bride will be identified. There'll be a certain aspect of holiness where she does not partake of the same things that the world partakes. Don't get religious on me. Okay, with that, in James chapter four, five, is any among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. So we see that anointing with oil for healing, it's a sign of consecration. It's a sign of being separated. Okay? With that, F.F. Bosworth says, when we are seeking healing for our bodies, listen to me, when we are seeking healing for our bodies, there should be no compromise with the adversary of our souls. Because he, our adversary, is the author of our disease. The author of sin and the author of sickness are the same author. It's not right to ask Jesus to destroy the work of the devil in our bodies while we are holding on to the work of the devil in our souls. (laughs) Now I'm addressing the grace thing. Now I'm beginning to address that. Grace does not give permission to sin. It actually says no. There is a teaching that's out there that makes it more acceptable for me to do my thing and draws great big crowds. I'm telling you this to keep you out of bondage. That's why I'm telling you this. That's why I'm telling you this. Just to make it legal, in Psalm 66, says this, if I had enjoyed having sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. It's difficult to exercise our faith for the removal of the devil's work, sickness in our body, while we allow a worse part to remain in our souls. But we're getting delivered. We're getting delivered. This is the truth. And the truth has a promise to it. It will break you free. 
The truth will break us free. So, so submit yourselves then to God, then resist. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Submission comes first. Some of us are trying to resist without submitting. And we're wondering why our gun is firing blanks. It's because it's out of order. First submit. There, I find in myself, I'm not gonna, I find in myself a reluctance to obey. It's like, oh, Lord, what is this? I can present myself to him to get what I'm asking for, but to present myself to him to obey, that's a completely different posture. That's what I feel like that the Lord is highlighting over me, over this house, over this church, over you. We'd be a people who present ourselves kind of like what was sung today to obey. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Can I just tell you this? If you're sick, I am not saying it's because you're a sinner. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that the Lord is drawing a line. It's a line of demarcation to be a holy people, be a part of the world. Jesus said, I can't, I'm not praying that you would take them out in John 17. I'm praying that, that you would keep them from the evil one. This is one of the ways that he keeps us from the evil one. Keeps us in the word, but world, but we're not bound by the same things that bind the world. This is the goal. This is God's will. I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Body, soul, and spirit. So what we're looking at is that Jesus actually paid the, pay, the payment, the price for us to have both. So, what's the application? I would love to pray for anybody here who needs prayer. Here's, here's the promise. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not they might recover. They, they shall recover. I, guys, I'm not, I, I'm just, all I'm doing is holding up what, what, the, what the red letters say in the book that I have. That's all I'm doing. That's all we're doing is just holding that up. I, I can't let my experience dictate whether or not what was said is true or not. I have to let go of that. It's the things I don't understand. There's things that I don't understand. I realize that. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to stand. <clears throat> I'm going to ask for the ministry team to come up. And elders, if you guys could come up, and pastors to come up. 
first service, we asked for people to come forward to receive prayer and it went all the way around to the back. So we are here to pray with everyone and probably anybody else that's, if you've been trained from, by, the, by the ministry team, we're gonna ask that, could you, and, you, and you can, could you come forward and pray, help us pray for people. If you want prayer, if you would, come to, this, to, my, to the aisle to my right, to your left, and line up and we'll get you assigned to a, uh, to a team. Love to pray with you concerning anything. So I wanna bless you. Father, oof. Lord, I thank you that no word that's been spoken, no word that comes from you will return back to you without accomplishing what it was meant to accomplish. I thank you for that. I speak blessings on you personally, on your head, the way that you think, on your hands, what you do, and on your feet, where you go, that the Lord would protect you, that he would keep you, that he would give you peace. That the, the smile, the radiance of his smile would be upon you and envelop you, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done for you. It's all in the exchange. I bless you. I pray that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. I bless you with that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.